and behold, there was an earthquake, and an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, approached and rolled the stone back. Good morning, Christian America. Today, ladies and gentlemen, today is the capstone. It's the conclusion of a two, two and a half year journey that you've taking, taken with us on the Friday podcast. Throughout the entire book of Matthew in the New Testament, and we've covered from the very inception until today, in which we will cover the risen Lord, we will read scripture and text to discuss what it means for everybody, what it means for humanity, what it meant then, what it means today, and what it means for eternity. So let's get right down to it. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. That's right, the Christian American revitalization effort. If you get value from this podcast, if you get value from our content, we'd ask that you share it with your friends and your family. Right here on social media, click the share button if you're watching this on Facebook. Share it with your friends. Share it with your Christian groups. Share it with the the ones that you know need it, and then those that uh, you know that that don't even know of it. Right. Be that voice, be that light, continue the effort, pass it along, pay it forward, whatever phrase you want to use, use. But the idea here is that we as a Christian American community, we who want to revitalize our faith can only do so when we reach out, when we speak out, when we promote goodness in the world. The, trust me, the enemy is promoting wickedness. What we have to do is promote righteousness. And that's how we do that. That's what we do. That's, that's the whole purpose of the Good Morning Christian America podcast is to come to you and promote that righteousness, promote that goodness. And righteousness and goodness can only be found in one place. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it can't be found anywhere else, not in your friends, not in your family, not even in you. It can only be found in Jesus Christ. We follow him. We follow scripture. We listen to scripture and we try to follow the example that Jesus gives us, not an example of someone else. I cannot be your standard bearer, nor should I have ever been a part of any standard bearer that, that, that you're looking for. Your, your friends can't be your standard bearer. Your parents can't be your standard bearer. Your pastor, ladies and gentlemen, your minister, your bishop, your priest, your whoever runs your organizations, whoever runs your churches cannot, cannot, should not, would not, better not be your moral standard bearer because they're fallen. If they are a person, if they are, if they are of flesh as we are, then means we are weak and we are wayward, stiff-necked. We're led by our temptations. That's why if you follow a person, you always find yourself in despair and depression once that person lets you down because that person will inevitably let you down. We don't seek our salvation in each other. We seek our salvation in Christ Jesus, Christ crucified. And it's that that we come to you today. We're going to come to you today because we're finishing off chapter 28, the book of Matthew. We've been at it now for like two and a half years, if you followed us. 
So if you want to, if you're watching this on Facebook or you're watching this on YouTube, or if you're listening to this on any of the podcasts, you can go back literally years and take the journey with us, rewalk it with us as we grow, as we go scripture by scripture, verse by verse, portion by portion. It'd be too easy, right? Maybe it wouldn't, maybe it'd be too difficult to take in whole chapters and make 20, 28 weeks of just Matthew. There's just too much information. There's too much goodness to dissect and to try to squeeze it in into a sizable bite, a sizable chunk for you guys to take with you in the morning from, you know, 20 to 25 minutes would be nearly impossible. So we've taken, we, we've broken down these chapters, you know, into just small portions, something uh, that, that you can consume on as you wake up and, you know, knock the cobwebs from yourself and you meditate on scripture, you meditate on God's word and you kind of understand a little bit more. You educate yourself, get inspired in the word of God. That's what we're here for. That's what the whole purpose of this podcast is. It's to revitalize you and your faith. Not everyone else, you, you individually, you, a believer in Christ. The problem with the world today, the problem with our society today, and there are many, but one of the, the, the main ones is not that people don't believe in scripture. It's the people that say they believe in scripture, they don't know it. It's the people that say that they're followers of Christ that don't know him. It's the people who call themselves Christians, but then don't live it. It's us. If people, if the people who claim to be Christian, if the people who claim to follow Christ, if we, if the people who claim to be a believer in God actually knew what God says, actually knew what Jesus did, actually knew the words that he spoke, actually read throughout scripture, the promise, the promises that he fulfilled and how to live our lives. I promise you this whole country, this whole world would be a different place. It'd be a much better place. So that's what we're about here. We're about revitalizing the Christian American community through the Christian American revitalization effort. And so it's in that light that we come to you today, this, this Friday, as you get ready to get in your week, uh, get into your weekend, excuse me. And we're going to talk uh, and we're going to read verbatim chapter 28 of the book of Matthew. And hint, hint, this is the end of Matthew. I've said it a couple of times. This means what? We find out that after crucifixion, after the mockery, after the crowning of thorns, after the beating and the whipping, after carrying his cross up to Golgotha, after all the good works that he's done, after all the, uh, the chastising of the hypocrites and the religious leadership that eventually put him to death, Jesus is going to be resurrected. The stone is going to be moved. And the tomb is going to be empty. So without any further ado, I want to turn that over so we can read it and hear it yourself. Starting in verse 1, chapter 28 of the book of Matthew, it says, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, that means what? That means it's Sunday, right? The first day of the week was dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, approached, rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were shaken with fear of him and became like dead men. 
Then the angel said to the women in reply, do not be afraid. I know that you are seeking Jesus, the crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly to tell his disciples that he has been raised from the dead and he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Then they went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and, and ran to announce to his disciples, and behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then he said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had happened. They assembled with the elders and took counsel. Then they gave large, they gave, uh, then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say his disciples came by night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this gets to the ears of the governor, he will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and his story has circulated among the Jews to the present day. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, all power and heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Did he say, teach them some of what I commanded you? Did he tell them to teach them and observe most of what I have commanded you? Did he tell them to teach and observe all that I had commanded on Sunday mornings between 10 and 12? Did he say to teach some people and to go find some people and make them believers? Jesus Christ is risen. This passage doesn't go uh, doesn't have as much detail as the end of the book, the Gospel of John. But we're covering Matthew, so let's talk about what Matthew reports, what Matthew says. First things first, our Lord is crucified. Stone has moved away. The angel of the Lord has come down. There's an earthquake. The, the stone has been moved. There's an angel there, and he says, he tells Mary and, the other, and Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to go. Tell your disciples. Tell his disciples that he is risen. He is not here. 
Now in some of the other gospels, Mary goes and gets Peter and John and Peter and John run. They scurry back to the tomb and Peter's that first person to look into the tomb, look around and, and, and it gets a little bit more detailed and, and graphic in, in nature. But the point of the, of, of the entire thing is that Christ is crucified. He has fulfilled the prophecy that had been laid before him. He is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He was crucified and now he is risen. He is resurrected. He has defeated death, not for himself, but for us to forgive our sins, to lead us to everlasting life, to accompany us to everlasting life. Now, how do, but how do we do that? How do we reach it? Scripture says, and, and Jesus addresses this numerous times. Follow the commandments, have faith in me. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. No one can, can make it to the Father without going through me. What about me? What about him? Where do we look? Look at what he says. Look at what he does. And we are to emulate that. Are we perfect? No. Was he? Absolutely. So how can we follow a perfect man imperfectly? There's a question for the ages. The answer is as best we can as best we can are we going to stop being angry probably not are we going to stop being anxious and fearful probably not are we going to stop yelling at people who get on our nerves probably not are we going to completely stop everything that we do that is sinful that is temptation that we, that is a that it tempts us probably not but can we try Absolutely. Can we seek righteousness? Can we seek the kingdom? Can we seek to live our lives in more of accordance with what God calls us to, the way Jesus lived than we are today? We need to. We better. Jesus gives clear direction. I don't even want to talk about the, the, the portion about the guards, right? The religious leadership and the Roman soldiers that connive to change the story, to change the narrative about what took place. Obviously, they're wrong, and obviously, that wickedness uh, did not work because it wasn't the will of God. They were trying to subvert God's word, God's foretold actions. And when you work yourself you find yourself working against God's wishes, that, my friends, means you're directly on the wrong side. But let's go back to that last passage. When Jesus, the risen Lord, confronts his disciples, what did they do? They doubted. They doubted. He said they saw him. They worshiped, but they doubted. Now we know and in the book of John, in the Gospel of John, about you know, Thomas, doubting Thomas, who, who has to put his, his fingers in the holes in Jesus' hands for him to believe. But Matthew sums it up, just said they doubted. Why? Because we're fallen. Because we're skeptical. It's in our nature. 
But this passage goes to show us that we can trust, not in someone else who will fool us, not in a sleight of hand, not in a magic trick, not in a bunch of promises made by powerful people, but we can place our trust in one, one source, Jesus. We can put our faith in one source, Jesus. We can uphold the standard and the morality of one source, Jesus. He goes on to say when he approached him that all power on earth and in heaven, on earth and in heaven, say it again, on earth and in heaven has been given to me what he says one in the same is he the son of man you believe it or not there are Christians out here that don't believe that Jesus is God that don't believe in what he says right after that baptize them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Jesus approached them and said all power on earth and in heaven. Not some power, not most of the power, just about all the power. All the power on earth and in heaven has been given to me. Go therefore. This is a command. First is information, education, just so you're tracking all the power on earth and in heaven belongs to me. Now comes the command as to what, why are you telling me this? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Not some nations, not most nations, not just this nation, not your friends, not your family, but I don't want to speak out to those people. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. How do we do that? Mm. by baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the commandments that I have commanded you. Teach them all that I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Very simple instructions. Very simple instructions from the Almighty. Very simple instructions from our Lord and Savior. So when you ask, why are you giving, why are you speaking in podcasts? When you ask, why should I understand scripture? When you ask, what is all this about? And you are skeptical and you doubt whatever you're hearing. That's why we try not to inject our opinion because who are we nobody try to provide you scripture so that you understand what jesus says because he has all power on earth and in heaven and that he commands us to make believers of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them 
to observe all that he commanded. All that he commanded. Not some of what he commanded, not some of what he talked about, not the things that I like to hear, not the things that are that fit my ideology, not the things that fit my agenda. No, he says, teach them all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always. And I'm with you sometimes. I'm only with you when you do good. I'm only with you when you speak well. I'm only with you when you're achieving worldly things and you get your promotion and a raise or whatever. I'm with you always until the end of the age, till the end of time. We have to understand the lessons of Jesus Christ. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I beg you, I implore you, go back on the to all the Friday podcasts over the last two and years and some change. Or not, just pick up the book of Matthew Pick up scripture, open it up to the book of Matthew, read it, it's 28 chapters, it's not that much, read it intently and purposefully, read it with the intentions of learning and understanding what Jesus came to do and what he did while he walked the face of this earth what his ministry was about. Read it. Understand it. Think about it. Be inspired by it. If we don't understand the lessons of Scripture, we will fail. We, you individually, your family, our country, our society, we will all fail if we think that we are the moral standard bearers. If we think that we hold the key to a prosperous nation, a peaceful people, we are wrong. If you think that you are wrong, there's only one person, there's only one entity, there's only one thing that has that power that is that moral standard bearer. And that, my friends, is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ, the son of Joseph and Mary. Jesus Christ, the son of the carpenter. Jesus Christ, out of the backwater uh, regions of Galilee. Jesus Christ, born in a manger. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. If you don't get anything else from any podcast ever before or anyone that we do after, understand that. He is the moral standard bearer for all that is good. And if you think that, that it rests anywhere else, you're setting yourself up for destruction. You're setting yourself up for disaster. And you're setting your, yourself up and those around you up to be lost forever. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to have a blessed weekend. We want you to go into this weekend inspired with scripture. We want you to go in this weekend inspired to speak out and speak his name to 
anybody that you run into, to everybody that you run into, to make believers of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, to teach them all that he commanded and instruct them to be observant and to follow in his footsteps as best we can. Will we? No, we won't be able to, but we can try. And when we try, he sees us because he's with us always until the end of the age. With that, ladies and gentlemen, have a blessed weekend. Have a blessed Friday, rest of the Friday. We uh, wish you nothing but the best. We pray for you and for our nation. Good morning, Christian America.